Thanks for joining us today at City Life. We believe today's message will empower you and point you towards Jesus. But remember that church is so much more than a message you listen to. It's a living, breathing community that we invite you to be a part of. We hope to see you on a Sunday morning at City Life, in person or online. Good morning and welcome to church. It's uh, great as we continue on to this series of Sabbath. And I hope you're finding this, uh, I hope you're finding this restful and relaxful, but I, I also hope you're finding this challenging and, and causing uh, a part of your life that maybe uh, we haven't focused on a lot in the church world, uh, that you're finding it something that is challenging you to see an old subject in a new way. And today I want to talk about Sabbath for creation. And, uh, you know, we've learned that Sabbath is stopping and celebrating. Uh, Sabbath is also stopping and remembering. And it's remembering the things that make us human. It's relationships. It's recreation. It's remembering them from a place of not trying to be productive or get results, but actually remembering them from a place of being restored and renewed. Sabbath is not passive. It is not just checking out. It's actually a form of resistance. It's a resistance to being reduced down to your job or your task or what you can provide or how hard you can work. It's affirming that we were created first of all to be, to be in relationship with God, to be in relationship with one another. But also today, as we're going to discover, we were also created to be in relationship with creation. Now, we look in Genesis, it says, Says that on the seventh day, God ceased from his work. He rested from his work of creation, but, and then he called it holy, which means he set this day apart. And, and like I said last week, it's the first place that we find holiness being declared on the earth. It was not a place, but it was actually over time. It was in a time. And to experience life in its fullness, we, under, we need to understand the power of holy time. Uh, Sabbath is not just taking a day off. It's a day that is, that is designed to be set apart and holy. A day to restore and renew. It's a, it's a day to stop and reflect on our time, our spaces, our relationship, and our lives. It's a time to remember that which we are prone to forget as so many things that are valuable in our life we are prone to forget. And one of the things that we learn through Sabbath is we can't solve the problem of time through the con through the conquest of places. We can only solve the problem of time through the sanctification of time. And the the whole spirit of the Sabbath is to stop, to enjoy, to worship, to celebrate, and to reflect. It's allowing God to sanctify and make holy a time in our week. Sabbath is not passive, but it's actively embracing the holiness of stopping. And sometimes that which is wrong in our lives is actually not it's not shown by what's present, but it's actually shown by what's absent. And when rest is absent from our lives, we suffer. We find that the absence, the absence of rest, it, it creates problems in our physical bodies. Stress hormones continue to build and they wreak havoc upon our systems. In fact, one of the greatest, uh, one of the greatest things that compromise our immune systems is actually stress, not learning how to just rest well. 
Learning to rest well preserves our entire body. And, uh, you know, in the world of physical fitness, there's a lot of supplements that get sold and that you can purchase to help you recover, whether it's branch chain amino acids or magnesium or uh, you just like go right down the list. There's all sorts of products you can buy that are designed to help you recover. But what's interesting at the top of all lists on the best way to recover, they actually say is to just rest. The best recovery that you can get is rest. And I think that in life, we sometimes underestimate the power of rest and particularly the power of holy rest. You know, in, in, in exercise, you don't get fitter when you work out seven days a week. You get fitter when you learn to balance effort with quality rest. And, uh, you know, to, to appreciate the true beauty of God's creation and even our relationships and our physical bodies, we must stop and make room for that which can only be experienced through holy rest. You know, to be healthy, we need Sabbath. Uh, your neighbor needs Sabbath, and creation also needs Sabbath. Uh, we, we live in a culture that's, that's busy all the time and needs rest more than ever. We, we So often we feel the need to produce, to get results, to do a little more, or to earn a little more. And, the, you know, it, it's, this is something that started, this, this actually, if you look back where this drive to work originated, it actually started back in a, there was a major shift in the way we lived as people. And it started during the Industrial Revolution. And we, we, this, during the Industrial Revolution, there was this transformation from being uh, kind of small community focused where we were working to serve one another uh, that we changed from this focus of, kind of surviving and helping one another to the focus of being employed to generate profit. And we used to, we used to work in a schedule that was in cooperation with our day. When it got dark, we had to stop working because we didn't have artificial light. So we had to learn a natural rhythm of living that brought rest into our day. Now we have lights. Now we have computers. We have gadgets. We have vehicles. We, we have all these things that can make us productive 24 hours a day. And as a result of this, this drive to productivity, it's, it initiated the migration of people from, from the land to the cities. And, and in this process, we began to lose touch with the land and creation. There, there, this divorce began to take place in our relationship with stewarding creation to one of exploiting creation. And as we became more urbanized as people, or as we become more urbanized as people, we have to contend to stay connected to creation because we've been created to steward creation and stewarding creation is a part of our commission. And so, you know, years ago, there used to be a term commonly used by people uh, describing our relationship with animals and the land. And it was, it was the term husbandry. And it, it's almost a funny term now because we just don't think in terms of our relationship with creation as, as something as intimate as 
husbandry, but it's, it really implies what our role in creation is. It's not just this casual, if it works for you, it's okay, it's, but it's a deep and it's a caring relationship. I love this verse in Job. He says this, ask the animals and they will teach you, or the birds in the sky and they will tell you, or speak to the earth and it will teach you, or let the fish in the sea inform you. Which of all these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this? In his hand is the life of every creature and the breath of all mankind. And, I, you know, I, I read this and I think, you, you know, what's, what is the author trying to say here? He's trying to say you can learn from creation. There, that God speaks through creation and God's greatness is proclaimed through creation. But there's also this other thing. When we, when we begin to observe creation, we begin to understand the character of our creator. Sabbath teaches us to view the beauty in our world without thinking about what it can do for us or how it can be productive. It teaches us about the character of God in a way that our cities of steel and concrete will never reveal to us. Sabbath teaches us to stop and rest, but it also teaches us to stop and experience. It reminds us of our limitations. It teaches us that we're not in control of everything, but we must learn to cooperate with everything. When, there, when it comes to creation, there are times when it doesn't need us to, to take an active role in restoring it. It actually, what it actually needs from us is to let it rest. And Sabbath teaches us that sometimes our role in the world is not to be understood in only by what we can do or what we can produce, but rather it's, sometimes it's in the, our ceasing of doing that restoration and healing comes. And, you know, there's a direct relationship between Sabbath keeping and, and our call to care for God's creation. Now, creation was created to function properly. Creation was created to function perfectly. And everything needed for life to thrive was included in the environment that God created. And Sabbath is, a, is an integral part of this environment. Now, Proverbs 12, 10, it says this. It says, the godly care for their animals. And you know, by, by letting creation rest, it shows that we care for the world around us. It shows that we care for creation. And when we refuse to let creation rest, it actually ends up hurting us. And uh, this, this is a, a illustration that I had read in a, in a book here that, in a, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, it it describes what happens when we refuse to let creation rest. And it's, it's this, it says this, in the natural order, cows get pregnant when they are in heat. But some of our industrial, industrial modern agricultural practices are designed for maximum yields. In, in doing these, we attempt to bypass this natural order. Cows are artificially inseminated whilst, while still secreting milk from their last pregnancy. Why? So that they can be milked nearly without break. In, in, in industrial dairy practices, cows are milked for 10 months out of the year compared to just five or six in places where traditional dairy farming is practiced. Our cows are given almost no rest between pregnancies and they are being milked during most of their pregnancy. And it turns out that when cows are not allowed to rest, human health is put at risk. 
Pregnant cow's milk contains significantly higher amounts of sex hormones than milk from cows that are not pregnant. Studies have indicated that the increase in sex hormones may actually affect cancer rates as well as human development in puberty. On top of this, livestock are often given steroid, steroid hormone implants used for growth. And one of these, estradiol, is listed on the naturally occurring sex hormone estrogen on the Food and Drug Administration's website. But this is a misnomer as estradiol is a synthetic sex hormone that is an endocrine disruptor by nature, which means it disrupts human hormones. This and other, stero this and other steroids, which regulate hormones and the reproductive system, are given to livestock to increase dairy production. And as a result, large amounts of synthetic estrogens are excreted in manure and then spread on our fields, eventually ending up in our water supplies. Because sex hormones are not removed from the wastewater before it heads from sewage treatment to our rivers and our seas, fish populations are harmed. Along many major rivers in the world, fish are found to be gender swapping as a result of the presence of these sex hormones. These intersex fish exhibit sex traits of both male and female fish and in extreme cases are found to have been made sterile. If this is the effect of endocrine disruption on fish, we, we can't help but wonder what effect can this be having on us or the rest of creation? See, there's no effective way to replace rest in being replenished. Every night we need to rest just for our cellular function to be renewed, for our mitochondrial function to work properly. And just skip a night of rest and see if your body doesn't start screaming at you that you need rest. But our land needs rest as well. Creation needs rest as well for nutrients to be restored. Resting is built into the rhythm of creation. Our oceans need to rest for the fish populations to be replenished. God didn't just create a system of life. He created a system for life. And Sabbath is a part of that system that he created to foster and, and to cultivate life. And to ignore that is not just damaging to creation, it's actually damaging to us as well. And, and uh, another example of this is back in 1958, between 1958 and 1962, uh, the Chinese ruler, Chairman Mao, went. To, it says he went to great lengths to increase the productivity of the rural rice growing industry. And to that end, he initiated this campaign. It was called the Four Pests Campaign. And the, this campaign was initiated in in a result of Mao's desire to rid the landscape of what he perceived to be uh, four great pests, rats, flies, mosquitoes, and sparrows. I guess he, he had a thing, hate on birds, I'm not sure. But he, he believed that these animals or these pests were getting in the way of a better rice industry. And so his ideal was a simple one. Remove the pests and the landscape would become uh, more productive. And, and so he undertook these radical measures and these, the populace was encouraged uh, to make excessive noise by banging pots and pans to keep sparrows from ever landing to rest or nurture their young or protect their eggs. And so if a, sparrow was nest, if a sparrow's nest was found, it was to be immediately destroyed. 
And it was reported that sparrows would fly until they ran out of energy, just dropping to the ground in sheer exhaustion. And rewards would be given to those who killed the most pests. And as a result, the Eurasian tree sparrow nearly went extinct in China. Uh, To this day, populations are still recovering. But something else went wrong. Mao failed to account for the fact that sparrows, which could eat up to 10 pounds of grain each year, also eat hundreds of pounds of crop-eating insects each year. And so in cutting these pests, crops were also destroyed because rather than the grain production increasing, it actually ended up decreasing because the sparrows were a natural predator to the crop-destroying insects. As a result of this, some 20 million Chinese died as a result. And this has gone down in history as one of the the worst environmental disasters in world history. The world, the creation needs to rest. So what do we learn of our creator from creation? I like this, this saying from John Muir. He said, when we try to pick out anything by itself we find it hitched to everything else in the universe. And you know, when we learn, when we learn to Sabbath for creation, we discover that we, we have been created to be uh, a part of creation, working in cooperation with creation. And so what do we learn from our creator from creation? Well, one, we learn this. We learn that God cares for all of creation. That God did not, John 3, 16, it says that God so, we, we quote it often, don't we? It says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But that, that, word, that word world, it's easy to think that God so loved mankind that he gave his only son. But that Greek word for that, God so loved the world, is, is the word cosmos, which means the earth and the universe is in its entirety. It, does not, it doesn't mean just mankind, but all the world affairs uh, from, from earthly to political to creation itself. God cares for all of creation. God declared that God cares for the sparrow, that, that, not, that sparrows are insignificant, but that he, just, he's, he declared, I care for the sparrow and I care for you all that much more. God cares deeply for his creation and he cares he cares for us in our role in creation and we discover what do we discover from from God in creation is that we discover that that everything is connected that you can't you can't neglect one part of creation and think it won't show up in another we can't neglect one area of our life and think it won't show up in another area of our life and we know you know, in our own lives. Failure to rest, it can show up as anxiousness. It can show up as sleep problems. It can show up as physical ailments in our body. When we, when we fail to rest, we don't, we, we're basically checking up, uh, or we're, we're adding to a tally column that somewhere rest is the only thing that will fix that problem. You know, some healing in our bodies only takes place through stopping and resting. And you can't fix a problem caused by lack of rest by trying to add another activity or try, trying to add a new activity. The only way to fix a problem of lack of rest is to actually seek healing rest. 
And I want to, you know, we've, we've talked lots about, we've talked lots about spiritual practices over the last year. And one of the, one of the spiritual practices I would like to encourage you to, to get out and do maybe today or, or later today or, or this week is, is just the spiritual practice of, of drinking beauty in creation. Just allow God to speak to you through his creation. You know, when we, when we get out and we, we, observe creation in action, we, we get to see a side of the character of God that just being surrounded by our lights and our, and our walls and our comfort and our screens just doesn't, just doesn't allow us. You know, when we, we're surrounded by the, the creations of man all the time, all, all it reminds us of is the creation of man. But when we get out into the creation of God, it teaches us to appreciate the magnitude of God. It teaches us that that God is big, that God is complex, but that it, it's also it teaches us that 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 God is gentle, God is fierce, that God is majestic and that God cares. And uh, you know, just get out some activities they're just meant to bring joy. They're not meant to bring results. They're not meant to bring income. They're just to teach us and grow us in learning to live lives of joy. And creation is not our creator, but we can learn so much about our creator through creation. And as we, as we close out this message this week, I want to just pray for us that, that we would just learn the value of, of taking that holy rest, but also allowing God to, to, to reveal himself to us through his creation. And Father, I thank you that, that you are a majestic, fierce, and loving God. And Father, I pray that we would learn the, the value of holy rest that we would learn the value of holy rest for ourselves, holy rest for others, for our neighbors, but also holy rest for creation. That we would, we would understand the intimacy of that relationship that you've placed us in with our creation. That, that husbandry where you've, you've called us to not just be uh, stewards in the sense of being laborers, but you've called us to be uh, stewards in the sense of those who care deeply for something we've been entrusted with, that we would understand your greatness through creation. And Father, as we, as we go through this week, I pray that, you, that we would just stop and pause, that we would stop and see the greatness of your creation and, and stop and see the greatness of your calling, that, that despite all the, the, the going on and, and what's happening in the world around us, you care deeply for us. You care deeply for your creation. And you've called us to play a role in its healing, the healing of relationship between one another, but also our relationship with your creation. And Father, I pray that as we, as we practice holy rest, that you would just teach us to live in a way that brings holy rest to the world around us. In Jesus' name. And uh, I want to just pray one more prayer. Maybe you're watching for the first time, or maybe you've, uh, maybe you're just tuning in with some friends, or or you just have never never heard of what it means to have relationship with your Creator. And you know, the Jesus invited us 
into relationship. He, he invited people to follow him, to walk with him, to learn from him. And, uh, you know, it's, it's actually a really easy thing to do. And if you're watching today and you're, you're thinking, you know what, I would like to have this relationship with my creator. I've seen his creation and I see it's awesome. But I, how much more awesome is it to know the creator of that creation? Well, it's very simple. We just respond to him and say, yes, I would like to follow you. And I'm going to pray another prayer. You can pray along with me wherever you're at. Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to know your ways for my life. I want to walk in your ways. Would you speak to me? Would you come into my life? Would you forgive me of where I've gone my own way and teach me how to follow you in Jesus' name? Amen. Amen. Have a great week. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you want to take your next step in saying yes to Jesus, you can always contact us at cty.lc slash next step or fill out the next step section on the City Life app. It's an honor to play a small part in what God is doing in your life. We look forward to connecting with you soon.